Welcome everybody to the Joe Random Sports Podcast, the famous name from MLB The Show Career Mode started a group of fantasy leagues years ago. And today, we gather with longtime Joe Random, Stephen Thayer and Matt Ramirez to talk all things sports, whether the Joe Randoms. Returning to the show is the one and only Nathan Jason Wilmer Stripling, the editor of the Great Reactor, Woo! Kuzmari. We hope you enjoy. And remember, just keep swishing and don't strike out. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Joe Random Sports Podcast. Steven Thayer and Matt Ramirez here. And I am actually alongside Nathan Jason Wilmer Stripling, the editor of The Great Reactor. Kuzbari! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> We're out in uh, San Diego together. I was in Disneyland yesterday and had a blast. And uh, Nathan was in Columbus this this last weekend. And Matt, you were in, down in the Big D. Big Dallas. Yep, it was a good time. How about you guys? How was traveling the, the last week or so? It, it was phenomenal. Columbus, uh, Ohio, just going back there. It was the first time in 14 years I'd been there. And the entire Ohio State experience, the game day experience, um, all the tailgates I went to, it was just surreal. Uh, it was a dream come true to finally see Ohio State in person at the Horseshoe. Um, it was it blew me away completely. Um, just the amount of, you know, enthusiasm and passion and energy for Ohio State. You know, it's the team of Ohio. And I think a lot of people um, don't really realize just how passionate Ohio State fans are on game day. And, um, you know, there's just so much to do around the stadium before you even actually get into the game. And people can actually watch the game outside of the stadium. They have a bunch of, of uh, monitors and screens that you can go out and watch the game. But I was just just so thankful to to be there and um, have that opportunity to to see what the the game day atmosphere was like it just blew my wildest expectations it was a great game Ohio State won 54 to 10 so you know whenever you get a big 10 thrashing like that it feels pretty good yeah you <laughs> <laughs> we put up a 50 burger on them <laughs> I uh I wasn't uh, wasn't Iowa's Iowa's defense is pretty good, right? Yeah, they were ranked uh, top five nationally in the country going into the game, and it was weird. The first half they kicked four field goals, Ohio State. We they, we kept stalling, and then we got a pick pick six right before halftime to make it twenty six ten, and then we just blew them out of the water in the second half. And their offense, my God, talk about a bad college offense. They had nobody on offense to even really pose a threat to our defense because our defense forced six turnovers. So, um, you know, it was just a great game all around, great atmosphere. I definitely want to go back uh, very soon for sure. So, JT, for those first-time listeners, uh, if you haven't figured out yet, first time to the Mothership campus, his, <laughs> his favorite team. He's grown up cheering for Ohio State, and he finally got to go to the game. And uh, this is this is the analysis. I, I I get down here, Matt, and he can't stop talking about C.J. Stroud. <laughs> and the the first thing he offers me is, "Hey, did you want a chocolate Buckeye?" 
and I said, Nathan, what, what was the what was the, what was the over under set on money spent at the uh, at the gift oh shop? Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude, you you spent what two hundred something bucks on your gear? Uh, I spent uh, over four hundred dollars on gear. Yeah, so I was gonna say two hundred wouldn't be that bad. Four. <laughs> yeah, so I I bought. I bought a CJ Stroud jersey at the game because they didn't actually have current player jerseys outside of the horseshoe. So I waited till game day to get that. And then I went to one of the main stores and dropped a little over 200 bucks. Um, so yeah, it was a, in total, it was about like 400 bucks. And uh, I didn't mind, you know, cause I'm only out there one time. So might as well get as, as much as I can while I'm in the state of Ohio. So he offers me these chocolate Buckeyes, and I'm like, Nathan, Buckeyes are poisonous. Are you trying to kill me? The, the, you can't eat Buckeyes. That's a fact. And so here he is trying to give me these chocolate Buckeyes. And actually, I had one. They're very good. They're 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 like they're like they look like Buckeyes, but they're they're like a Reese's flavor, a chocolate caramel with peanut butter in between. Very good. Very good and refreshing. <laughs> um, and my family, my mom's. A lifelong friend actually made a, a Buckeye necklace for me too. So I wore that on game day and yeah, it was just so cool to, to see how Buckeye fans are on, on game day and just, just the passion and energy and 100,000 fans throwing up all over the stadium. Uh, <laughs> I, we, we didn't get your ceremonial beer chug that we usually get. No, you, you didn't. Um, I, I had some beers at the tailgates before the game. I actually didn't buy any drinks inside the stadium because everyone is watching the game the entire time. It's so hard to even go to concessions <laughs> because everyone just wants to be in their seats. and You don't want to miss any of the action, you know? Oh, well. Well, but no, thank you for uh, sharing your experience. Uh, I know that, yeah. that meant, it meant a lot to you <laughs> to, to finally get out there and to be a part of it. I, it makes a huge difference. And yeah, Ohio State, number one, they're going to be number one in the country in the next college football ranking. And I, I fully expect them to get to the, the playoffs this year. <laughs> get to, I agree with. <laughs> yeah, they didn't win the national title. I mean, they have the best okay, team. Okay, they okay. They look like the best say. team. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself with that prediction, but um, I think they have the most complete roster in the nation right now, and they've they've proved that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Stephen, what about you? Where have you been? I know you've been traveling. <laughs> yeah, after the Kansas City excursion, uh, shoot, I was just in Disneyland these last this last day. We we did a lot, had a lot of fun. Uh, nice. Anybody. Anybody who hasn't been on Rise of the Resistance yet needs to go to Disneyland to get on Rise of the Resistance. It's the Ooh. best ride I've ever been on, ever made in the history of rides. It's absolutely incredible. Wow. Uh, the Incredicoaster was fun too, but Rise of the Resistance was awesome. <laughs> I, I can't say much more than I'm just speechless. And of course, did all the Avengers uh, excursions and uh, as much of the Star Wars stuff as I could, uh, you know, Halloween theme, it's a blast. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm personally not a huge roller coaster guy. I battle the motion sickness, so uh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Do, do you know what ride spirits like to ride at the amusement park? Uh, uh, Spirit Mountain. The roller coaster. <laughs> 
that, that's a good one. How about that one, Rich? <laughs> How was that one, Rich? I, you know, I, I have all the Halloween puns uh, ready to go today. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're having fun with them. That's for sure. It's, it's the season. Uh, do you know, you guys know what a ghost's favorite exercise is? <laughs> Don't know. Deadlifts. Ah, <laughs> Oh, that's a stretch, I but I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I would say it's more of a strength exercise, but well, yeah, well, there are things stretching <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. All right. All right what, are we what are we talking about let's, today? <laughs> let's get to the, the meat of the show here. Um, you know, we actually picked up a couple Kansas city listeners after our arrowhead podcast that was received really well. And it just happened to be that the Niners were playing against the Chiefs this last weekend. And uh, it was a complete debacle, complete, just utter disaster. If you were a Niners fan, Niners lose 44, 23. And, um, you know, there's a lot of angles we can take this discussion. So I'll open it up to you, Matt. First off, your just general reactions from the game. Yeah, so I got to watch the first half before uh, we had to do all of our uh, duties for the wedding over in Dallas. But going and watching the first half, like the Niners, as they typically do, came out hot. We're running the ball well. Jimmy was making his uh, key throws here and there. Um, gets towards the end of the half. And I think it was 13, 14 going into the half, if I remember right. Um, and at that point, I pretty much knew it was over. Uh, I, I just knew that how bad the Niners are in the fourth quarter and second half. I, and with how good Mahomes is coming, I mean, even though they're only up a point, it felt like um, there was just the floodgates were about to open, uh, get back on my phone after the wedding or yeah, after the wedding and turns out they get blown out. So <laughs> it, it is what it is, right? Like they're getting McCaffrey acquainted. The luckily, unpredictably the division is really bad this year so i mean they're still in a good spot they can go on a run it'll be interesting though to see if they can if they can get a home playoff game i think they have a good chance at making another run but for now i kind of i don't know i'm uh pessimistically optimistic christian mccaffrey's first game uh, there, there's so many connections with that and, and the, the media you know we didn't get to talk about the trade on air yet but a uh, really cool trade for the Niners to basically trade, you know, their entire draft, but we're happy with it. You know what? Well, we gave up a, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. And the only reason we were able to get it is because the Rams weren't able to part with a fourth, I think, or the fifth, whatever it was. Um, so we were able to basically outbid them. And of course, you know, Shanahan babysat McCaffrey as a kid, uh, you know, all the, the Mike Shanahan, Ed McCaffrey connections. is It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, so, you know, I think getting Christian McCaffrey acquainted is going to be a big thing. Uh, I, I will talk about the Chiefs for a little bit here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes just destroyed us, carved us up. Uh, 25 at 34, 423, three touchdowns, one interception. It was pretty much what we saw in the Super Bowl. It was a rematch of... Niners come out hot. They do their their normal opening Shanna drives, and the Chiefs just – it doesn't matter. It's like you said, Matt. We knew 13 points wasn't going to be enough, and we knew that once we started stalling after those opening drives, it was, it was hopeless. Uh, the Chiefs 
averaged 11.3 yards per pass compared to, unfortunately, Jimmy, 6.7 yards per pass. Uh, and that's just what's going to happen. And Staggering. I mean, surprisingly, we controlled the possession. 33 minutes of time for us and 26 minutes for them. But, man, it was extremely efficient football um, on Kansas City's end. I, I just I, I can't believe Juju Smith-Schuster is 7 for 124. I mean, it was just an absolute beatdown. I, I know we've been pretty bad in recent years, but this might be the most we've gotten our asses kicked when we're actually good, like when we're actually healthy under Shanahan, if that makes sense, right? That's that's how I'm I'm thinking of it. Nathan, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I saw a little bit of the game, and I was just thinking of their secondary. I mean, they were getting gashed a lot on a lot of those possessions. You saw guys like Juju Smith Schuster get free. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantling had a big catch late in the game. And the the Chiefs running game was was virtually non-existent besides those jet sweeps that they do with McCole Hardeman. So, you know, if you're a Niners fan, you got to be disappointed about this because, you know, their defense is a top five defense. And when you give up 44 points to a Patrick Mahomes Chiefs team, yeah, I think it's discouraging uh, for the Niners defense for sure. They weren't really getting to Mahomes that much. Seemed like he had a lot of time in the pocket to do what he does. And the Niners pass rush is, is supposed to be elite. Uh, they only sacked him one time in the game. So I think what it boils down to is they got to get more pressure on the quarterback and it'll free up their secondary a little bit more um, because they were getting gashed um, left and right. Well, actually, to to counter one of your points, the Chiefs outrushed us. They had 112 yards on the ground for 5.3 a carry and and that's rare that we get out rushed like that that and is I, rare yeah. i i know that that happens uh you know when you're trying to integrate a new guy into your routine but uh to me it's a sign of we didn't really do what we wanted to do and when we got down after that first quarter that second quarter we had to revert revert to jimmy throwing and jimmy we've talked about this last year when Jimmy has to throw more than 27 passes a game, which he threw 37 to this last game, we're not good. That is not a good sign, you know, and he got sacked five times. So it's not, not good for our offensive line either. The chiefs defense really stepped up. I thought, um, you know, they only give up 101 rushing yards to the Niners offense. That's pretty good. Uh, that means they held them at bay and Kittle had some good stats. Ayuk had a good game, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, they were trying to get McCaffrey fully um, integrated into the offense, and it seemed like they were figuring things out as the game went on. The, yeah, the most concerning thing for me was the battle of the trenches. Like you guys said, the Niners lost both sides of the ball in the trenches, and that hardly ever happens with, with the way this team is built. And if that keeps happening, they, they have no chance to win games. So uh, if they can't yeah. run the ball and they can't rush the passer, it's going to be really, really tough for these guys. You know, I know we were healthy, but I'm not really sure how healthy we were. You know, this was first Trent Williams game back from his ankle injury. So there's some rust there. Nick Bosa returning from his little injury. Armstead's in Panama City getting getting plasma injections. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't have Armstead. So 
that doesn't help. Uh, Jimmy Ward's playing with a freaking broken hand. You know, defensive ends and linebackers can do that, but man, that is tough for a defensive back. You know, you really need that. So I want to give credit to the Chiefs because this was why I had them winning the division at the beginning of the season, Matt. You know, that we all thought, you know, it'll be a little bit worse, but hey, they're, it's still their division. And, and it seems like everybody else behind them has no clue what they're doing. You know, you're looking at a new head coaching regime with the Raiders and with the Broncos, and then a second year guy with the Chargers. And the Chargers, shoot, they're four and three right now. But after their performance against Seattle and all the injuries that they're battling, JC Jackson's out for the year. Rashawn Slater is out for the year. The Chargers look like a disaster. So uh, the Chiefs are going to absolutely run away with this. Oh, and yeah. We saw, we saw an AFC championship preview with the the bills and the chiefs two weeks ago so man it's um it's it's the chiefs and andy Reid and everybody else i i equate it to the warriors where you know you could have a really talented team and there's no chance they're going to beat us you could put durant lebron harden chris paul Giannis. you could put all those guys on one team and they're not going to beat the warriors you can, you know what I'm saying, and I feel like, That's a, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like it's a similar situation with the Chiefs. You just cannot undo the eight nine years of chemistry that Andy Reid has put there with that team, and then of course, you know, Alex Smith down to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, I would like to again pay some respects to Patrick Mahomes. The guy is. I think until proven otherwise in the playoffs, I think you got to just keep him at the top of the quarterback list, uh, regardless of how good Josh Allen's playing or uh, some of the other guys right now. I think Mahomes, Reed, Kelsey, those guys are staples, right? And even with losing Tyreek Hill for them to be playing this well, it's incredible. This is yeah, the, fourth, the fourth highest rated offensive game uh, in wow. against the number one D NFL. Sorry, sorry, you cut out, man. You said fourth highest NFL offensive rated game in history. Correct, and without Tyree Kill. Wow, wow. You know, they also keep doing historic things. You know, I we talked about Travis Kelsey's four touchdown performance on twenty six yards a couple of weeks ago on Monday night. This was the first time in NFL history that a wide receiver had himself a rushing touchdown and two receiving touchdowns in one game. Actually, it's two or, rushing excuse touchdowns. Excuse me, flip. Yeah. yeah, two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. And you would have thought that somebody would have done it, but <laughs> it, McCole Hardman, we just had no answer for Andy Reid's schemes. And so it was discouraging that, all right, the Niners are just not good. We're not ready. We're not healthy. And also discouraging of, okay, if we do get our act together, which that's the hope, right? You take this game, you're like, you know what? I think there's better days ahead of us this season. The same thing last year. We, we started off slow, and then we got our act together. Uh, but if we face the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I know people are like, hey, don't get ahead of yourself. Like, <laughs> the Niners are not even we're near the Super Bowl right now. <laughs> like, we're not going to win. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Uh, the, the Chiefs are so far ahead of everybody in the NFC right now. I go that far. Yeah, I think, like I said last week, I think there's still only three really good football teams right now. Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. And I think that's it. I think everyone that's else. Is- everyone else is kind of meshed into the middle. 
you know? Yep, exactly. It's kind of like our fantasy football league, <laughs> minus the good teams. <laughs> Man, so, all right, we'll, we'll transition to different matchups. Um, the last, last little bits I want to say, and this is kind of how, how I want to go with this, is the Niners are actually, they actually have now three of the highest uh, top five players in yak over expected since 2018. So uh, that is Debo, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. Um, and so they're, they're getting more than what's expected after the catch. And also top five pass blocking through, P, uh, through seven weeks via PFF, we are number five. Um, now, it doesn't say much because Jacksonville is ahead of us and so are the Browns. Um, so I can't take much into that ranking. I, I think <laughs> one of the problems <laughs> is our pass blocking looks good sometimes because Jimmy throws the ball really quick on those quick slants, and that's all he throws. So, of course, our pass blocking is going to look good, but the Chiefs exposed that. Um, what I wanted to get into was we see how talented Mahomes is. We see what he's doing uh, and how him and Josh Allen are really the only two good quarterbacks, real good quarterbacks right now the offensive numbers across the league continue to just plummet. And we saw that on full display with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So JT, uh, why don't you give us your rant on uh, what's going on with the Packers right now after their loss? Yeah. Um, it, it's classic Matt LaFleur misutilizing all of our weapons on offense. Um, I, I think the Packers right now, they're just lost. They don't have an offensive identity. We can't run the ball. Um, our offensive line has been terrible. Um, usually we, we've had a very good offensive line, and it's most of the same guys from last year. Um, but Bakhtiari has been a head case. Um, hopefully we release him next year. I mean, we're not even running the ball on third and two or fourth and two. You know, you look at the Giants' loss, and we threw the ball um, – on a third and two and then a fourth and two back at the back when we could have used AJ Dillon. So I think a lot of it is situational football. You know, we've just been horrendous with her um, situational football and the, the, the commander game, like that's just inexcusable. Um, I didn't watch the whole game since I was in Columbus, but I saw bits and pieces of the last drive and, you know, not having Devonte Adams has really killed us this year. And I was telling Steven earlier, we probably ran about 70 to 80% of the offense through him last year. And I think with a lot of the injuries to the receiving core, not having that continuity that Aaron Rodgers is used to having is, you know, actually, you know, frustrating him in so many ways because every game you can see the body language on Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's like, oh, like what the heck's going on? Or, you know, we ran the wrong route or, you know, why are we not on the same page? And so I've seen that game in and game out. And I think the lack of continuity has killed us. And on top of that, our, our run defense is, is atrocious. Um, you know, we're, we're giving up a lot of um, rushing yards every game. We can't stop the run, which means that our defense is out on the field most of the time because our offense is not on the field for very long. And so when you get behind the chains and you're getting holding penalties or, you know, drive killing things that you can't get anything consistently going, I think that's what it's boiled down to um, is that 
everyone at every level is not performing and we're also not putting our guys in the right spots to, to win. Um, you look at the wide receivers and we're barely even getting any separation from the defense and there Rogers is, is just back there scrambling for his life just to, to try and chuck it downfield. And that's not the recipe for success. I think the recipe for success is the running game first and then doing play action fakes off of that and getting guys open. And we did a lot of that when we had Adams and I just don't understand why we, the Packers can't, you know, use a similar formula, but spread the ball out more and get guys in better positions on the field. So I think the Packers, they can figure it out, but they're going to need to run the ball a lot better in order to have all those other things happen. It starts with the running game. I, I watched this game from Dallas. The, uh, the groom's room was pretty much all Packers fans. So I got to hear, I got oh, to good, hear good. plenty of complaints and I watched every snap of this game. Yeah. Um, and the biggest takeaway I had, you were talking about weapons earlier this year, you were saying how good the young receivers were going to be, but now we get to look into the fact that last year they had a nuclear weapon with Devonte Adams and this year they're playing with Nerf guns and Romeo Dobbs. And <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a totally different. And Alan Lazard. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a totally different offense because you lost that one big player. Um, but the other part of this is Aaron Rodgers and his attitude. Um, you could say the same thing about Tom Brady right now. Uh, one of my old coaches used to say, when you walk to the field, you can either be a fountain or a drain. And currently, both those guys, Brady and Rodgers, are being drains. And regardless of what you have to work with, you have to try to make the best out of whatever situation you're given. And currently, he's being a complainer and totally neglecting guys um, to help them learn and grow in their offense. And he's just putting them on blast on the McAfee show, post-game press conferences, midweek press conferences. It's just subtle jab after subtle jab, either with his body language, verbally, uh, directly to people. It's, it's crazy right now watching what, what Aaron, how Aaron Rodgers is holding himself, but I, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is what I expected to happen. So I don't have too much else to say besides that. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll hold, hold that thought. Cause I, you, you touched on something really interesting with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers attitudes. Um, and I'm going to throw Russell Wilson in there, but let me, let me touch <laughs> on that game real quick. Uh, I know the score was 23 to 21, but this was an absolute whop of the Packers. Washington doesn't whip football teams at all, ever. And they whipped the Green Bay Packers. They whipped Aaron Rodgers. Um, I've never seen a disparity like this. Uh, 72 plays ran by the, by the commanders. 47 for the Packers. Time of possession. 37 for the Commanders, 22 for the Packers. Uh, third downs, 0 for 6. When's the last time we've seen Aaron Rodgers go 0 for 6 on third down compared to Taylor Heineke, 7 for 16? I mean, you can go down the list. The rushing attack, 38 yards out of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and then 166 with Brian Robinson leading the attack. Who who wasn't even on the field a month ago? I mean, he was shot. <laughs> this this is 
this is bad. This is a really, really bad loss. And so I, I'm just looking at all these things and, you know, who, you know, who do you point the finger to? What, who do you look at? Um, and so we get to the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, these three guys, as of this episode, uh, Baltimore just beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, 27, 22. Those three guys are eight and 13 combined. And so, you know, I was trying to think and I, I was listening to some things and Russell Wilson has gone rogue this last week. I don't know if any of you guys have, have listened to anything or seen anything about him getting high knees on the airplane or commenting to reporters about his bowel movements, um, whatever it might be. Wait, was the bowel movements report real or was that like a ball sack sports thing? I, I don't. Okay. It, it, it might not have been real. But okay, but what, the, the plane definitely was. Go ahead. What, what I'm saying is, why is he talking to reporters uh, about why how he's working out on the plane on to London? It, it with, makes, a, with a strained hammy. It, it makes zero sense. To, you know, you know, you want to move around. I get that, but all right. So there's that. So and you talked about this, Matt. Do Russell Wilson's teammates even like him? The ones in Seattle. I don't know if the Denver teammates even like him. Um, and and, and I, he might be delusional of I'm going to come in and I'm going to just, they're all just going to like me. And uh, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but I know with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who started in this league nearly 20 years ago, and it is a different generation of football. They are not used to these coaches. They're not used to these players all the coaches are friends with the players. You know, there's no accountability. Um, you know, I, I might be generalizing, but I think that there is a disconnect of players. And when Tom Brady's getting upset on the sidelines, the guys don't even care because it's like, well, who are you? You know, I don't like, like I'm 20 years younger than you. Like, who what are do you, you want me to do, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, this is, guy. I, I don't. Like there's, you see what I'm saying? Maybe I don't have the right words, but there is a disconnect. And the way the football that Aaron Rodgers came up in was, I'm going to call you out and I'm going to go after you. And we're going to demand a high level of performance week in and week out, a high level of work ethic week in and week out. And I don't think these guys are necessarily wrong. Um, I, I really think that they are just sort of getting passed by in the game. It's not them. I think it's just the way that things are. And it really goes back to society. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, gosh. But when we're talking about offenses and Kirk Herbstreet, he just didn't he didn't really have a good analysis on this, you know, because after our podcast last week, Matt, we talked about why our NFL offense is struggling to everybody sort of chimed in in the group text. And um, Herbstreet said it, you know, it's, uh, it's just these guys are in new systems with new coaching, new guys around them. There's a lot of injuries. Look at all the skill players that Tampa Bay's missing. Like there's a disconnect. Oh, the offensive line hasn't quite been there. And, and I think there's a big problem with healthy offensive linemen. And, and I think, you know, if I, I, I'm going to start to craft a theory for our, one of our next episodes about why offensive linemen are getting hurt but, uh, or the way that they're being coached. But I think it's deeper than that. I don't think it's simply just they have a hard time adjusting. And I don't think it's just, oh, nobody plays in the preseason, so that's why they're struggling. No, I think it's a lot deeper than that. There are systemic things happening 
with how guys are being coached. Yeah, I'll stop there. I'll let you guys comment on that. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, though, because you could say that uh, there's a generational gap between, you know, Rodgers, Brady, uh, even there's, I mean, Russell's only 33, but there's just, for me, like the same thing could be said about the defensive side of the ball with the coaching and styles and things like that. I just, I don't think these guys are connecting and adapting with their teammates. And I think that's really it. Like obviously Tom's going through a lot of stuff at home. Uh, Russell's doing high knees on uh, Boeing 747 (laughs) (laughs) and uh, Aaron. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that guy at this point, but there's um, there's just a big, bigger issue with whether it be coaching, whether it be uh, communication, connectivity, and Herb Street saying that just putting it on guys being injured is a very general way of putting it. I think he wants to stay on the guy's good sides by saying that. Right. Um, But I I think, I mean, like you're saying, Stephen, I just think there's a bigger, there's something bigger going on. um, And I don't necessarily know what it is yet, but you're right. These guys that we grew up watching that, some people said like Russell Wilson that you might take like first overall if you had to pick a quarterback of all time. But um, yeah, it, it's a finesse league, you know. It, yeah, it's the league that is softer. You know, we don't see the big hits that we normally used to see um, back in like the two thousands, twenty tens, and it's because the rules have changed so much that these guys are actually getting hurt more because um you know they're trying to avoid hits and do all that and they're getting all these knee injuries and acls and it's a weird brand of football that we're watching uh, in the nfl right now and it's not great football to watch i mean you put the broncos on monday night football and sunday night football four times in the first you know five six weeks and we get this product it's terrible um Hey, they're, it's they're, not, it's not yeah. fun. Ratings are still up. Revenue's still up. That's it, the crazy part. That's the crazy part. Um, and, and so when you see these inconsistencies with some of the offenses and you see defenses are actually figuring out offenses better than they ever have before, I, I just think the la- league is going to continue to change and offenses are going to have to adapt because defenses have already adjusted to what offenses are doing. And it seems like the creativity or the lack of creativity is, is just not there. I think I think Rodgers and Brady will eventually figure it out. Um, they may be older, but they're still they're still elite quarterbacks in my mind, even with the struggles. Well, those are two guys you never want to count out. I right. mean, we're just trying to to give some perspective into the situation. You know, and you and I were talking about earlier, yeah, how there's no more feature running backs. You know, you probably have like eight feature running backs in the league. And then, you know, everybody else is a committee. And, and I think that does play a role when why are you passing it on the goal line when you should be punching it in? And, you know, we talked about identities and why are so many teams like not consistent between the regular season and postseason with their, their play calling. And, and there's so many factors that go in. Matt, you, you raised a question in the last podcast that I thought about a lot more. And it was about like athletic quarterbacks. And I, I really think that, the scouting from high school has now gone to colleges wanting these athletic quarterbacks. We need the guy with the big arm, the strong guy who can run and we'll develop him as a quarterback. We'll develop him as, as a passer, as a, as a quarterback smarts. And I don't think it's that simple. I, Matt Ryan would not be a division one quarterback out of high school in today's (laughs) game. It just wouldn't happen. And I think that there is value in actually recruiting a passer 
But the problem is you look at across all division one programs, there are very few pocket pat like straight up stand up pocket pass. CJ Stroud is the exception with Ohio State. He's not a runner. <laughs> but look at what yeah. he's doing in the pocket. There, but there, he can go out the next the next Ohio State quarterback bust. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 exactly. No, no, he he'll be better than Justin Fields. No, no, no. <laughs> We're not going down that road. <laughs> but I, I was making the point of like Josh Allen was that guy. We're gonna draft the athletic guy, and I think he's an exception to the rule. I think he is a anomaly. The Bills made it like Sean McDermott credit him because he's done a fantastic job gearing that offense towards Josh Allen. We are going to make Josh Allen the bell cow. We're going to make him run. We're going to make him throw. We're going to get him on the run. We're going to design plays for Josh Allen. And I think that's something that uh, it's like use them to their strength. You know, we keep trying to make, oh, we want to make Kyler more of a pocket passer. Or we want to make Lamar more of a pocket passer. And you have to use them to what they're good at. And I think the Bills have mastered that. And they've also developed him into a passer, which is is rare. I, I think in these days, it's going to be really hard for a college quarterback to adjust to the NFL if he doesn't actually have quarterbacking ability. Yeah, I mean, Allen spent that offseason a couple of years ago completely revamping his throwing motion. Not a lot of guys are willing to make that type of change at the pro level. Yeah, great point. So you, you look at something like that, like uh, Lamar, obviously, Kyler's kind of regressing. Lamar, obviously, still playing at a very high level, but very reliant on his legs still. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how kind of the, the, they always call like the NFL being a copycat league. And it's interesting. Now everyone's going towards the athletic quarterback and getting away from power run. It'd be interesting to see when that trend comes back and uh, kind of how the league adjusts. Cause it always, it always adjusts and equals itself out. Well, you, you even look at guys like Derek Carr. I, I think he's had some regret and then Herbert even, you know, he, he should be playing a lot better than what he's playing right now. I mean, he's playing through a rib injury, but still, I, I think he, he he should be better than what he is now. At least that's what his stats say. Hey, uh, do you want to talk about real quick how the number four passing yard leader in the league has been benched for the rest <laughs> of the season? Who's that? <laughs> that's your boy. It's your boy, Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. <laughs> oh, it freaking hurts, guys. It really does. Uh I have no excuses for the man. He's played like crap. He uh, deserves it. Um, it's, a, it's a sorrow day over here, to be honest is, with you. Is Sam Ellinger the answer? I mean, for Braden's sake, <laughs> you never know. Um, I mean, you got to see. You got to see what you got, right? And then make a decision on what you do with the draft or free agency or whatnot. I'm. It's looking like they're going to be on the on the veteran. Uh, veteran quarterback carousel here coming forward. So it'll be interesting to see what the Colts do, but yeah, rest in peace to Matt Ryan's NFL career. Yeah. There was a lot that happened this last week. Um, you know, there was the McCaffrey trade uh, today, Kadarius Tony of all people to the chiefs third and sixth round pick from the giants. Uh, that, that might be the, the guy that the chiefs were looking for. Uh, and then uh, fifth round pick James Robinson to the Jets to fill in for Brees Hall. So, and that was that was so tough. Brees Hall looked like he was on the verge of a breakout rookie season, and of course the ACL. But um, you know, lots of lots of movement in the NFL. Kareem Hunt might be on the move by Tuesday. So, 
you know, we'll see what kind of contending teams are looking for somebody right now. I think Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, all good trade opportunities. Uh, I, I will say that there's a couple of receivers on the market right now, too. Uh, Chase Claypool from the Steelers. I think he's probably going to get traded. Um, I think there's a couple of other guys. Speaking of receivers, uh, Mar Chase. Yeah. Four to six weeks with a hip injury. I mean, that that's a that's a a really bad injury for the Bengals. I think for them, luckily they have Tyler Boyd and they have some depth at receiver. So I think they'll, they'll be fine. They still have Mixon. They'll be fine in the running game and in the passing game. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's, uh, I feel like the Packers, I've, I've heard that AJ green is bouncing around as the wide receiver. They might pick up. Um, I could see that happening. It's interesting with the NFL trades because obviously picks are a lot more valuable in the NFL with, contract control cap space things like that so i don't know uh tony is i mean i feel like he's a perfect buy low candidate for the chiefs uh especially with how good their offense is already you know if if he ever plays football again i mean that that guy's a walking injury (laughs) quite literally very true i've heard rumors of jerry judy going to the packers uh brandon cooks so those are the the type of guys that we're looking for right now but (laughs) that's that's tough it's tough. I'd rather have OBJ, honestly. Yeah, I think he'd be a great fit in the Packers' offense. But uh, uh, you, just, you see Julio Jones, how awful he looks right now. You, you know, I OBJ coming off a, another bad injury. It's just it's this risky stuff, risky business. Um, all I know is that T Higgins owners right now are. Uh, <laughs> Feeling, feeling pretty good today. Yeah, chomping at the bit for him to get like a seven reception, 150-yard, three-touchdown game. T's nuts. T's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. No pun. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, dude, JT's so bad. We're, we're watching the, the Ravens Bucks and Mark Andrews, <laughs> who was questionable going into the game, gets hurt. Not with a knee, but with a shoulder. And he's playing against Mark Andrews in fantasy. And Mark Andrews gets ruled out. And he goes, Woo-hoo-hoo! I don't have to face him. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is so bad. I mean, I feel for Mark Andrews, but he's a top fantasy tight end. So if he ruled out of the game, then that's a win. Yeah, I guess. And that's only a, got that's like a dirty. That's a dirty way of looking at it, though. <laughs> Isn't it? I would feel sick if I was doing that. <laughs> Remember when? Uh, what was it Porzingis tore his ACL? Demarcus Cousins. Oh, boy. The- <laughs> the- Remember when JT was cheering and then all of a sudden it, it happened to him? Yes, I vividly remember that. That's uh, that is actually that's a good memory. Yeah, that was a good time. Oh my goodness. So now you're saying there's a possibility it could come back to, to haunt me. You got you got to be very careful when, <laughs> when cheering for injuries. Um, yeah. Other news around the NFL. Patriots got decimated on Monday night against the Bears. Anything to take away from that? Uh, are the Raiders finally starting to turn it around? Um, Seattle actually looking good. Dallas looks really good. The Giants all of a sudden are, you know, top of the NFC. So do you guys have any uh, comments on the rest of the NFL from this last week? The NFC East is the best division in football. 
it's crazy to say that, um, but you look at the the talent level on the Eagles. They, they're it's really showing that they they got AJ Brown. He's a top flight receiver, and that that's worked out for them. Jalen Hurts, uh, very, very underrated. Yeah, I think right now he's a top five quarterback. And then you look at the team like the Giants, figuring out ways to win games with what they have. You know, they they have the bell cow with Saquon Barkley. But even Daniel Jones is making plays, which I'm pretty surprised about. Their defense has held up pretty well. And the Cowboys, that their pass rush is the best in football. And the way they've been able to control teams on defense has really led to a lot of success for them. With Cooper Rush as their backup quarterback coming in and, you know, just kind of filling in for Dak Prescott. I think it's a surprise to see all those NFC East teams on top. And I'm sure the East Coast is just gushing right now with, with you know, the how good each team is. I predict that a lot of teams will come down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I think I, like you just said, JT, I think a lot of it's going to even out and we'll end up seeing a lot of the uh, similar quarterbacks, similar teams in the playoffs. Um, but that being Especially said, Packers, the, Rams and Buccaneers, you know, who, who would have expected that? You know, the, the, yeah, the, I think, the I think the Rams and I think the Rams and Buccaneers will definitely even things out. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so no Packers and you probably say that the, the Niners will even things out at some point so I don't know I just hope the Niners get if the Niners get into the playoffs I think they got a chance but like I said I'm not too optimistic about the Niners that's the four teams from the divisional round last year all struggling yep in the end yeah it's really mind-blowing yeah anything else on the NFL should we talk NBA for a little bit well, I, the last thing is this: the Saints are playing the Raiders this weekend, and uh, the Raiders are in New Orleans. I think they're favored by like a point and a half. Uh, it's you know kind of fluctuating two points, point and a half. Uh, this is an interesting game to me because I really do believe the Raiders should win this game, and I think if the Raiders are gonna have any sort of shot of climbing into the AFC playoff race, this is almost a must win. Even though it's not in the AFC, it's it's not in the division. They need to make a statement. They need to ride what they've got. Uh, I want to see a great game from Derek Carr and Devontae Adams against Andy Dalton. It's a backup court. It's a backup quarterback. The Raiders are really good against the run. Uh, Alvin Kamara doesn't have a touchdown yet this season. <laughs> JT, our very own, owns him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I, I'm just curious because Dennis Allen is the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And Dennis Allen was a terrible head coach for the Raiders. And I don't think he's a good head coach at all. But I feel like there's going to be some sort of a revenge game type atmosphere in New Orleans for Dennis Allen. And I'm hoping the Raiders say, you know what, like you're not a good coach and just do what they need to do. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a big statement game for the Raiders. Um I think it's a big statement game also for Derek Carr. JT alluded to it earlier with the fact that Derek Carr hasn't been playing very well, you know? Like, I think Carr needs to step up. He has the weapons he needs. Uh, They got to go in there and win a a football game. Yeah, and hopefully we beat the Rams. uh, Rams. (laughs) (laughs) Cross your fingers. Yeah, yeah. All right, so NBA is kicked off for, you know, a few games in. And uh, fantasy basketball seems to be picking up for the Joe Ballas. So uh, I know 
JT's been been pretty uh, excited about his team to start off. I've I've heard all all the woos already <laughs> about his fantasy basketball team. Matt, uh, how how are you feeling about the league so far? Uh, I mean, for me, it's pretty depressing with how bad my team is. But uh, you guys both have really good teams. Obviously, I've been trying to get you guys to trade with me, but um, I think I think you two. Uh, I, I like Bert's team a lot. I really like what Eric's put together. He's got a really good percentages team. Um, and Eric always kind of finds a way to get to the top. And I think you four or five have really separated yourself. And um, the guys, as well as Bert, but he, Bert's already showing signs of, you know, like some health issues. Um, Chris Paul doesn't look like the same guy. So it'll be interesting. Um, and Kawhi Leonard may go down as the worst uh, second-round pick in fantasy history. <laughs> oh, man. Awful. He's got knee stiffness now. Kawafel. Kawafel. I also like Bandler's team, too. I think he's got a solid squad. I always forget about Bandler. He puts together good teams. Usually does. He gets to the playoffs. He's like a five sixty that, that can be dangerous. Um, I think he could definitely be in the mix this year as well. Yeah, he drafts really well. A couple more in-season moves, and he could be it right up there. Uh, I'm surprised about um, Nathalie's team. Um, I, I expect him to bounce back, but there's definitely some things to improve on there. Uh, maybe it's through free agency or trade. Um, I mean, the, the duo, I thought they drafted very well. But they lost in their first week. Them. They have a lot of injuries too. They got Porter out, Garland's. But I think as a whole, the, the legal will, will still be very competitive until the end. But there'll probably be about four or five teams that that might bow out. Are we doing the whole penalty thing this year? If yeah, we there, are. There's a penalty. Yeah, yeah. So if you finish in a, what? Yeah, if you finish in eleventh and twelfth place. Uh, it's a twenty dollar fee a piece. Um, <laughs> that will go. It's it's supposed to go to the champion as like a in terms of a t shirt. I want a t shirt. That would have been cool <laughs> for winning yeah, last year. Well, yeah. Well, I, I have the trophy, Matt. If I ever see you up, I'll give you the, the trophy back. I think I still have it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. No, so I I really got a battle then. That sounds good. I think it's interesting with the teams that didn't have as many draft picks um, coming into the draft. And you can kind of see how some of that top end talent um, really just isn't there. Um, and then you see the teams with that got more draft picks in the draft make, make some really good selections. So the teams with the surplus of picks, I, I think will really benefit this year. So Matt, do you have our Joe Randoms facts of the day? Yeah, do you want – I have one pertaining to basketball, and then I have one pertaining to food. Uh, which, we're on basketball. Which, yeah, start with the basketball. Yeah, basketball, there's only been two teams to ever make the playoffs after starting 0-4, so we can pronounce the Lakers almost dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, 2017-2018 Houston Rockets with Russell Westbrook. And the 2021 Washington Wizards with Russell Westbrook. 
So there's a fighting chance for the Lakers, but you can almost yeah, kind of you see that. Yeah, you did a good luck charm in the end. Wow. Fascinating. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. I, I mean, you guys saw Stephen A's rant of Russell Westbrook the other day, I'm sure. I mean, sure. they blew him up. And it, they blew the Lakers up, too, because they, they're not a good basketball team right now. They're historically the worst three-point shooting team ever. I mean, through the first four games, they're shooting like – sub 20% from three. It, it, I saw the game last night and it just, we had this guy off the bench. His name is Matt Ryan hit like a couple threes <laughs> and that's our best shooter. I mean, come on. We got to have the Lakers have to have better shooters than this. Yeah, he's accurate. Ryan's accurate. I think that's the main problem is there's just no shooting and you don't have shooting in the NBA. You, you can't expect to win games consistently. All right. Yeah. Well, what do you, they what do you got on the <laughs> but i mean the warriors if you look at how many points they've been giving up in the first four games that's got to be a little concerning 124 points a game we're fine <laughs> i'm not too worried about it <laughs> uh food wise i have a another side it's a more of a side fact slash opinion um but i've always been a fan of the fuji apple i've had that at the top of my apple pyramid for probably about 22 years now. And uh, Fuji is a classic. I'm, I'm pronouncing the cosmic crisp at the top of the apple pyramid now. Is that just honey crisp apple? Cosmic crisp. Cosmic what, what's crisp. the it's, difference here? It's, it's cosmic. It's out of this world. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's the best apple I've ever had in my life. I don't know if it's a Pacific Northwest thing, uh, but yeah, I found it at, Found it at the grocery store the other day and gave it a try. It's a rather expensive apple, about two ninety nine a pound, but uh, it's really, really good. Do they grow that specifically in Oregon and Washington? It was a Washington State developed apple. It looks like it, wow. It, it's a cross between Enterprise and Honeycrisp varieties. So <laughs> there, there is a, a touch of Honeycrisp in there. I'd love to try it. I, if I find this because I'm a big honey crisp apple fan. Yeah. Yeah. Bert, Bert, I think would be the only Pacific honey, Northwesterner. Honey is the best, I think, apple. But, you know, if we try this cosmic one, that would probably set it apart because you, you absolutely love it. Yeah. It's a uh, cosmic explosion in your mouth for sure. <laughs> what types of flavors do you actually taste when, when you, you're, you're eating it? It's, it's like, to me, it's like a, you know how sometimes honey crisp, you get a little bit of like flat crispness where it's like kind of soft and not necessarily like the full crisp that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. This one was just pure crisp juice, uh, tasted like a starburst sour patch kit explosion with all natural flavors. Wow. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is good. You, you mentioned Fuji, which got me thinking actually this last week, I did a, a water test and I've, I've been known to test waters for the taste. And so what, what my girlfriend and I did, we went to sprouts and we picked out six different random waters and we taste tested them. And then, and since, cause I hadn't had most of them, a lot of them I was trying for the first time. So we taste tested them and then we did it. It was all randomized. One person knew what they were. The other person didn't. And then the second round, we did the same thing, but now that I knew which one was what, 
we did a taste test of, okay, can you put the right water to the right water? Um, do you, are your taste buds, can they recall what, what you just had 20 minutes ago? And so the waters that we tested were Essentia. Uh, we tested a Castle Rock. It was like some spring, spring water. We tested Jason Momoa has a water company now. It's oh, wow. based out of North Carolina, but it's like a Hawaiian type water. Uh, it comes in tin can, like a tin can. We tested their Sprouts regular purified water. And then we tested uh, alkaline 88 water. And wow. Any like Arrowhead or Aquafina or Dasani? Because it's sprouts, you know, we we didn't, you know, it was all sort of these sexy waters. Uh, Body armor water, that was the sixth one. Um, I've done Dasani and Aquafina before. um, So this was kind of a a new type thing. So we did it. First of all, I think Essentia is probably the best water out there next to Fiji water. Wow. Um, I've, I've had Fiji water before. It's very distinct taste. And uh, obviously, you know, Fiji water is always the most expensive water out there. Evian water, I can, de- I can determine Evian water from a mile away. It's awful. Um, <laughs> all of this to say, I got all six of the flavors correct. I knew what each, each one was after trying it for the first time. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's impressive. I, I like my waters. The Essentia pH water is is elite. Wow. So it's is it water is a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, shoot, that was a fun little quick episode there. Yeah, yeah good I, stuff, guys. Thanks for having me on again, guys. I always love jumping on the podcast and talking some some good sports um but yeah really really good topics that we had today and i love the fact that we went deep dive into the nfl with with a lot of different things there so it was really good um can you give us one more like woo ohio state can you give us the fight song can you get us something before before we leave here oh let's go buckeyes woo <laughs> Live from San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Buckeyes, they're going to go all the way this year. I have no doubts. Uh, Well, thank you all you... (laughs) Thank you all you woohoos and Joe... (laughs) 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 Thank you for for listening to Joe Randoms. Again, give us a follow on on Spotify. Give us a five-star, whatever. Subscribe. I know we don't have much, but uh, we do appreciate any sort of support. (laughs) <laughs> thank you to all the listeners thank you JT uh, for coming on and uh, it's good to see you guys both in the same room good to see you Matt looking good alright we'll, we'll see you guys next time <laughs>